What's up, family? Happy Wednesday, and welcome to The Faction, powered by Bonnerfied Radio. It's your man, GB. We are back with another time of conversation about the wonderful world of pro wrestling. There is always so much to talk about, and once you get on that road to WrestleMania, man, we can just get going, and we are moving, well, dare I say, in the fast lane so i'm not by myself i've got my good brothers with me courtney beard what's up brother salute my people we are all the way up and you know what it is it's another wednesday of the faction right here on bonafide yeah and the clack attack is back brandon clack what's up brother Man, all is well. Today is a good day to be alive and to talk wrestling. You know it absolutely is. You know, there's been a lot of talk since this last podcast we did on Monday. Uh, So we'll we'll get into that in just a second, I promise you. But how have the last couple of days been for you guys? Courtney, have you needed extra security? I've not needed extra security because I'm discovering People are aligning with my beliefs when it comes to this Hall of Shame. Well, the truth that WWE and and I, oh, and I know you feel a bit uh, emblazoned and emboldened, don't you? Listen, I feel all of the above. Mm-hmm. You want to know why? Because on Suplex City, there are people who are speaking the same thing that I'm speaking. This is not a shame. This is a shame. Well, you know what? There are a lot of people running around talking about making America great again, too. Doesn't make it right. Clack, uh, how have the last couple of days been for you, sir? <laughs> They've been good. Uh, I can't complain at all. Listen, I don't care how she gets in. Hook, crook, with an alley-oop. Who cares? She's getting in. But I'm learning. You just can't make everybody happy. Somebody's going to be upset about something. And some people just love being mad. As we mentioned on Monday, Courtney was going to be mad if she got in, if she didn't get in, if, you know, if if she if they put put her in by herself, Courtney would be mad because she's passed away and she's not here to receive it. Like, there's there's going to be something. I'm convinced. I wouldn't be. GB, you have the nerve to talk to me about I'd be mad anyway, and there's nothing that Hulk Hogan can do to come back for redemption besides Kofi Kingston win the belt? Get out of here. If you want to start talking about people receiving grace, you need to start with you and Hulk Hogan. Well, if that's the case, I'm certain you are also uh, uh, on your big soapbox, you know, believing in the power of Jesse Smollett these days. So I'm just saying, Uh, like, first off, I I, I text you in the beginning of this thing. I text you in the beginning of Jesse Smollett and told you I smelt a sham happening. And you told me, give it time. Well, I gave it time, and time proved it's a lie. Well, that nah, that, nah. that one is a lie, but I still think you, uh, you, you'd you fight for his cause just for the sake of fighting. So. Jesse? <laughs> I, I didn't just, Listen, I put up a post, but then I text you and said, man, I posted, but I don't believe in this, brother. I'm just supporting the brother. You did. You did. Yeah, I, I, will, I will say that you it, did. That, you did. T- tell the truth, Shane the no, Devil. I, I said early on, I, I, something, something, something don't smell it, right. It, it, you ain't walking to, to, through Chicago at 2 in the morning and some MAGA brothers running through Chicago with MAGA hats on. Listen, the only guys that I know that can walk through the streets of Chicago at 2 a.m. in a uh, blizzard when it's 20 degrees below zero. Yeah. 
What a rush. What a rush. What, a rush. what the? Which, by Yo, the way, GB, yes. I literally thought Courtney was having a heart attack. <laughs> I did not know. <laughs> Yo, Courtney, don't do that, man. You know you breathe hard. You know your Wi Fi goes out. Now, now, Clack, see, I'm telling you now. See, I told y'all that I'm about to do this comedy show. Y'all trying to get me stirred up to start on y'all. So wait, do, no, now do you want to? Don't don't make the comedy show commence now. Do 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 you do you want your throat vibrating like that? <laughs> so I mean, you you throw it out there. Do do you want the uh, faction listeners to know what's going on with you in comedy? Oh. Uh, well, yeah, that's fine. I am going to complete a bucket list item. And I, Courtney Beard, will be going to an open mic for amateurs. And I, I got myself a comedy coach. And we will see. Either I'll crash and burn or it'll be great. Is, is there a way we can yeah, all kind of watch this? Oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. This thing is going to be like when the old belts change hands in the territory. <laughs> we just gonna no one will it. see it. <laughs> we'll hear about it at a live event. Uh, GB. Fret not, we will see. Ah, uh, I know we will. Know. We will definitely no, see. No, 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 you won't. GP, uh, I, you know, it's been a long time since I've used anything in San Antonio, mm -hmm. but I will be dispatching uh, private. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, we we will have someone in attendance. Oh, Don't worry yes. about it. No, 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 you won't. There will be no footage of this. <laughs> I guarantee it, it, you. It, dude, it, I believe if, it. If I, if, if I crash and burn, I would never show you guys. <laughs> you won't have you to show right. us. I guarantee it. <laughs> we will you find out. There will be an informant. I'm changing yeah. the location of the comedy club I'm going to. <laughs> Listen, there, there's only three or four in San Antonio. I'll find They really are. Right. They really are. <laughs> and the amateur night's on different nights. Oh, boy. You're not in Detroit. Right. You're in San Antonio. Right. Oh, my God. <laughs> Well, speaking of bucket list items, I actually uh, began a bucket list item of my own last night, uh, starting uh -oh. my first session uh, with DDP Yoga, and uh, did it at the DDP Yoga uh, Performance Center here in Atlanta, and uh, it was pretty incredible. I got to tell you, I thought about you guys while I was in there, and uh, I thought to myself, Clack would love this, Courtney might. Um, no, I would not. You know why? I'd be too busy stealing something that you sent me a picture of. <laughs> so I got to tell you, man, first of all, the DDP Yoga uh, Studio is pretty amazing. Like, it really, really is. And, um, you know, I'm sure that there are some who would go for the hype of or the potential of DDP being there, which he could be there at any given moment. But he has a, a number of other great instructors that you know do a great great job i went to a beginner's class and uh i'm glad i went to a beginner's class because it is it was intense it was an intense 60 minutes which you'd expect nothing less but it's kind of cool because some of the moves that they have in there they incorporate wrestling things so there's hey. there's a whole pose where they they call for the diamond cutter and you do the whole diamond cutter pose and you scroll back and and then you you kind of hulk it out which is neat they have one that's a road warrior one pose so you do the road warrior one and then you say what a rush and uh then you do like the road warrior two and you go what a rush again 
and do the backwards uh, road warrior pose, and it's Russia what, since it's what a rush backwards. I mean, like, it's really creative. It's real. Did you hulk it out? I did. I did. Mm. I'm proud of myself because, like, I went the full, you know, the full hour <laughs> with it, and uh, it was it was intense, but it was really good. It, it I, I I was reminded that I'm a bit more athletic than I thought I was. So, uh, I think this is going to be really. You hear cool. that clack? He hulked it out. The beef is over. Oh lord, there you uh, go. The beef is not over. No. The beef is the over. Beef? Either that, or he, or either he misappropriated Hulk's moves. Whatever. So, listen, if you guys missed our last show, you missed a great one. We had our full recap of the Elimination Chamber, and we actually broke the news before ESPN dropped it, before the world started talking about it. We were actually talking about DX going into the hall. So go back, check out Monday's podcast. It's available uh, exclusively on iTunes and Google Play. Uh, or wherever else you may get your podcast. So we're back for our normal weekly radio show, and boy, do we have a lot to talk about. Courtney, tell them what's up for today's show. Welcome to episode 153 of The Faction right here on Bonafide Radio. That's right, we broke the news. D-Generation X going into the Hall of Fame. Ty Dillinger requests his WWE release. There's major NXT announcements happening. We have to talk to NXT come-ups. Raw, SmackDown, and Kofi Mania. But we're going to kick things off with Velveteen Dream. That's right. The theme song by CFO. You're listening to The Faction on Bonafide Radio. That's radio the way it's supposed to be. You know it's the Mac Militant. Coming to get it on. Uh, uh, uh. Hey, what's up, players? This is Teddy Dawn. And you're listening to The Faction on Bonafide Radio. And that's real talk, player. Holla, holla, holla. Velveteen Dream. Hit it! Velveteen 
faction. One, two, three! Yo, it's not a faction without the facts, son. Welcome back to the Faction Powered by Bonafide Radio. You were just listening to Velveteen Dream by CFO. GB, give us some factual wrestling news. All right. So, friends, loved ones, uh, if you, first of all, if you missed Monday's podcast, you really did miss something special. You can't afford to ever miss a podcast. So go back and check it out. But we ended the podcast uh, having a rather heated discussion about uh, DX being inducted into the Hall of Fame. And we spent really more time talking about the China aspect of it. Well, it was confirmed later that night that indeed D-Generation X, all of DX, um, with the exception of Ravishing Rick Rude, are headed into the Hall of Fame as part of DX. This would be Triple H, China, X-Pac, Shawn Michaels, and the New Age Outlaws. Um, and there's a lot of com- conversation uh, about it all. Certainly, the the idea that China finally gets her place in the Hall of Fame is there. Uh, there's been a lot of uh, conversation about should each of these guys get the opportunity to be inducted into the Hall of Fame separately. Let's keep in mind that it's not just China getting in, but the only one of these guys who's actually in the hall already is Shawn Michaels making him the the second two-time Hall of Famer so let's start there um D-Generation well let's back up let's back up because we have not talked about D-Generation X as a whole being inducted into the hall what are our thoughts uh in terms of this faction being inducted into the Hall of Fame well, I, I I think it has to happen because they're long overdue. D Generation X kind of reminds me of New Edition. Uh, New Edition was a band that had a lot of different things populate out of it, and that's D Generation X. Out of that, we get X Pac. Out of that, we get China. Out of that, we get HBK. Out of that, we get Triple H. Out of that, we also get the New Age Outlaws. So, what they gave to the business off of the heels of the curtain call in NWO was something that was, to me, life-saving for Vince. ESPN counts DX as being the cornerstone of the Attitude Era. Now, here's something that I see about DX. When DX came to formation, HBK was the hottest thing in WWE. True. HBK gets mysteriously jumped. He's, they jump him out of wrestling, period. And all of a sudden, Hunter Hearst Helmsley becomes... Triple H, and he is able to carry it forward, and DX becomes a phenom. Well, let me let me fact check. Let me fact check. It wasn't a mysterious group of folks beating him up that caused him to be out and Triple H to take over. It was the back injury that happened at Royal Rumble that he barely made it through WrestleMania uh, and lost to Austin, and it was then where uh, HBK left us for really five years, and Triple H really came into his own as the new leader of DX. Just had to throw that in there. There we go. GB, Jesus Christ, GB, and I hate to have to bring Jesus Christ into well, this. He's, I'm, he's I'm talking storyline, GB. That was story the story. Line. That was not the storyline. That line. was the story. What was dude. A, when is the last time we saw after WrestleMania? When did we see HBK? After WrestleMania, we didn't see HBK for five years later. Please, so he challenge did. So, on that. so, so, so he did not Wrestlema- get jumped backstage. No, he did not. WrestleMania fourteen was the last so when time did, we so, saw. So when did HBK get jumped? H- and when did Triple H take over? Triple H took over 
the night after WrestleMania 14. That was also the night that X-Pac returned to WWE and joined DX. That was also the so night HBK that... At, listen, never let me finish. Let me finish. Then at the end of that night, the New Age Outlaws ended up joining, and this became the new DX. You're thinking about when Shawn Michaels got jumped in a bar in Syracuse, New York, after a live event, and then he would go on to leave WWE because he had lost his smile. He would vacate the championship and then later come back. This all happened way before WrestleMania 14. So, no, he did not get jumped in order to start the new DX. That's not what happened. I don't believe you. Oh, please fact check me. Please Google it. Fact check me, please. Please, I beg of you. I can't believe you're going to challenge Courtney, me you're, on this. You're, you're so wrong on this that I'm like, you are, I don't know if you're doing it for like for fun, for work, or if you're literally confused. This is proof but you that he's so said, wrong. Thank you, Clyde. First of all, DX never jumped Shawn Michaels. Never. Ever. That, that never happened. So I don't know if you're just having a good time, but if you're not, he, he's just—he's just thinking about all of the great WCW days since that's what he was watching back then. Anyway, wow, we may need to exclude you from next week's podcast until you become well first in the Attitude Era. I'm—I mean, jeez. Now I know you're working on your comedy stuff, so maybe you're a joke right now. Maybe. I, maybe maybe. I think he was dead serious because he wanted to prove me wrong. Hence his well, silence, off, and, and he's sitting here thinking here. of things to say right now. I love. That. No, I'm thinking of nothing to say. I'm actually fact checking myself. <laughs> and what are you discovering, sir? Please tell us what you're discovering. Trip, Triple H handed Sean the wrong keys, which resulted in Sean not being able to open oh, his car door when HBK Lord. said, "I'll be back." Maybe, maybe not. Is it just me, or all these small details hinted the start of the Triple H HBK rivalry? On top of that, Triple H would join the corporation two months later at WrestleMania. Uh, you're not talking about WrestleMania 14, sir. This, this, okay, so this this is you, the 4th of January, you? 1999. Okay, my bad. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, WrestleMania 14 was 1988, sir. Or excuse me, 1998. Yeah, all right. It's oh, my bad. Boy. <laughs> You know, at, at, th at, this at this rate, the prince is sitting somewhere salivating, waiting for an oh, opportunity oh, for you to slip on a banana peel like this. this. Prince, princess, princess, prince has been texting me. We're, we're friends now. Don't bring the prince into uh, this. Ah, uh, oh, so that's what you do. You you befriend your enemies. You did that with James White. Now you've done that with the prince. I see. I see. Oh, don't, but, don't, but don't, a, don't make but, me do this, But baby. in all of this, don't push me. In all of this. There was a point you were making, and that point was, yeah, before before my friend fact checked me in front of a live studio audience. Well, I don't want you to be the Donald Trump of the faction. Yeah, but let me come back and make a Mia Culpa after the break. Oh, I can't, I can't meet. No, man, I don't I haven't met Mia or Culpa. You're the, you're the worst you best just, friend ever. No. <laughs> No, and I'm so not. Are you, I'm the I'm the one that won't let you go out with your slip hanging. Man, let that thing hang. The performance is gonna be better than the slip. Wow. Oh, oh boy, Clack man, what do you think about DX going into the hall? <laughs> yeah, I'd also like to add one more fact check to Courtney. Uh, 
DX did not produce HBK. HBK was the man before oh, he was with DX. Side note. But anyways, uh, DX, I believe, is the chief cornerstone of the Attitude Era. Uh, I believe that they introduced it. I believe that the Attitude Era is the uh, the child pushed out of the womb of Shawn Michaels' mandate for the his entire wrestling existence. And I think it started with DX. I also believe that DX is the second most powerful, influential faction in wrestling history, uh, coming to a, a close first to the NWO. Uh, and I think that the NWO was uh, the kryptonite to the Superman of DX uh, in instance. And uh, I thought that uh, NWO was incredible also. But anyways, uh, I think it's all well overdue. And I think it's really cool that Sean is being inducted twice. If anybody deserves it, it sure is him. Agreed. Well, I, I will I will also say this. I do think that uh, DX was formed out of necessity. Uh, because if you remember, of course, 1996, the NWO, uh, really the entire wrestling game changed then. Uh, WCW really started putting the boots to WWE and uh dx was really the response um and again what dx Sean... was the response to nwo absolutely oh then let me switch it dx is the kryptonite to nwo superman there we go that makes better sense well here, here's the, yeah here's the funny part the funny part is the nwo was something that could not be effectively sustained you know, if we look at the differences between the NWO and DX, the NWO was a great idea at three men strong, but then it somehow ballooned to 30 men strong. And that Man. just was the, I mean, you know. You, when Boris Hogan became an NWO member, I knew it was over. Who? Boris Hogan. You mean Horace Boulder? Oh, no, man, Boris Hogan, that's his real name. No, it's not. Oh, my God. You know what? <laughs> I'm so about to mute your mic. What in the world? Did why? you drink why? before what? the show today? What? Why, why are you going to mute my mic? What Courtney is... drinks? <laughs> Courtney mean... drinks? Oh, my I don't God. Know what is going on? So <laughs> oh, no. here's the oh, deal. No. I mean, seriously, you, you cannot have the NWO be the NWO and put Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, and Hulk Hogan in the same group as Virgil, you know, and Buff Bagwell, and you know, uh, you know, all these. But crazy I love people. Virgil. Oh my God! Okay, hence the problem. So, you know, so I say that to say DX did not balloon in size. DX went from you know Sean, Trip, and China to uh triple h the new age outlaws x-pac and china and it remained that they didn't have you know dx 3.0 or dx 2000 or they were dx and in the moments when it was time for them to break apart they broke apart when it was time for them to come back together they came back together um i don't think that there's any other faction uh, who has been revered other than maybe evolution, but I can't even put evolution in their category. I really think it, it does make arguably DX the greatest faction of all time because the four horsemen went through many incarnations. And, you know, maybe it's a WCW thing to attempt to keep something alive by just throwing new people in there. I mean, at one point, Jeff Jarrett was a part of the NWO, you know, and at one point, pretty Paul Roma was a four horseman. 
So, you know, DX never was diluted in who they were. Uh, they certainly created stars. They created... Wasn't uh, Hornswoggle in DX for a second? Uh, no. Yeah, he joined no. December 21st, he, and then he was never seen with them again on January 18th. So then that means he was not a part of DX. Yeah, He was in DX. He had he a t-shirt. I have a DX t-shirt that doesn't make me part yeah, of Yeah, but he was on TV in a ring with him you and did the crotch we, job. So did Mike Tyson. Oh, he used to be included. What about Tori? Tori was a DX member. Tori was X-Pac's girlfriend, and Tori was there in a space when China was not. So Yeah, Tori was January 27th to June 25th. Here's what we're missing. What we're missing is we didn't balloon this to people who did not belong in there. And I think that's the key to making sure that the DNA of DX remained what it was supposed to be. So certainly congratulations to them. Now, for all the controversy about China being inducted as part of DX and, you know, you guys heard what we had to say about that. Uh, it's interesting because X-Pac, you know, Matt, and, and as I mentioned, everyone in DX except Shawn Michaels is getting into the hall in their first incarnation in this way. X-Pac had a couple of statements, and here's one of X-Pac's statements. Uh, he told TMZ that China getting into the WWE Hall of Fame with DX is a win. That's coming straight from X-Pac and DX. He also said this on Twitter. He said, quote, I would much rather be inducted with the people I had the greatest time of my life with. Not concerned with being inducted on my own, but I do appreciate the sentiment, which to me says that all this argument, Courtney, that you and several others were oh making about God. China, you know, this is a one off and this isn't right and they're being lame and this is a sham. No, not the case at all. And here's the thing. If X-Pac, who was about as close to China as anybody yeah, sure in this was. group. Sure he was. He absolutely was. He hopped her up on coke and drugs oh, is what he did. God. Courtney has no scruples. So so, the, so, uh, the, so you're going to trust a man who's probably half guilty? Please. Wow. Really? Is that what we're doing? Is that what because, we're doing? Because, gee, oh you keep gosh. trying to make this statement because Courtney said... As if you your statement is right. Here's there what are I'm people who what agree. I'm, what I'm saying is what doesn't matter what everybody else says. If the people inside the group are good with it, what does it matter how we feel? At one point, Jermaine Jackson said some foul stuff about Michael, and oh. that's his brother. Should we believe Jermaine? God. <laughs> you are out of control. Oh, here's, no. here's another interesting thing that I think we should mention. Besides the fact that this is Triple H's first induction into the Hall of Fame, and uh, uh, of course, Road Dogg's first induction, I think the one thing that none of us are talking about, but we need to be talking about, is the entrance of Billy Gunn into the Hall of Fame. Now, why is that significant? Because Billy Gunn is the current coach of all elite wrestling. Hmm. Any thoughts on that, friends? I like Billy Gunn. And I think that what he's going to do down at AEW is great. But I think that there are moments. And I, and I think this is in Vince's heart. But I think Triple H helps. 
where they just realize what's best for business. And putting DX in at this time with Billy Gunn is just best for business. It's right. Clack, what you think? Uh, I think no one is going to ever dispute the juggernaut and uh, the wrestling introduction to the world that WWF slash WWE has been. I don't care how these these arrogant, pompous uh, whippersnappers try to represent wrestling. You cannot deny what WWE slash WWF has done. And so in their ambition to take over the world, go for it. But I guarantee you, Billy Gunn did not turn down an opportunity to go into the Hall of Fame. Oh, no, he, he didn't. In fact, All Elite's Twitter Guarantee account, it. All Elite's Twitter account even congratulated Billy Gunn, as did many of the All Elite uh, faithful uh, employees, wrestlers, etc. So uh, I do think, though, that it could create potentially an interesting scenario where we see members of All Elite uh, at the WWE Hall of Fame. And only God knows what could potentially happen there so i I do want to raise one thing before we go to break and we still have a lot of ground to cover but uh wrestlemania weekend will feature a lot of wrestling and one of the first events that we heard of uh scheduled for wrestlemania weekend is the big g1 supercard uh that's happening uh with ring of honor that saturday um at madison square garden it's happening saturday april the 6th at 7 30 p.m and uh, as we are six weeks out, we have matches already slated for WrestleMania. We have matches slated for Impact Wrestling that weekend. We have matches slated for many other cards. But we are six weeks away from the G1 Supercard featuring Ring of Honor and New Japan Pro Wrestling. And the first match announced six weeks out hasn't been announced yet got a question <laughs> got a question for you guys is the g1 Supercard turning into wrestling's fire festival oh shoot i didn't see that coming uh-huh. oh man uh no no I, uh no no it's not that's a great god that was really good um no it's not there's still time to save it because all they're needing to do at this point is not like they don't have the buildings, not like they don't have seats, it's not like they don't have lights and cameras. They just have to fill the card. Uh, truth be told, if they could actually give us a, a three-way dance with, uh, you know, with somebody, and we'd probably be happy about it. But they do have their uh, they have their work to do because a lot of the guys, I'm sure, they thought they would be able to lean on when they booked this thing. They're not there anymore. Well, I've got one other thing to throw in there, but let me ask Clack, because I'm sure Clack is somewhere salivating about this. All I'm going to say is the whole G1 phenomenon and New Japan, you guys are done. Uh, AEW, I mean, just RKO Jolly. <laughs> it, it did gut them nice. It really it did really gut did. them nice. So, and, so, uh, for, go ahead. No, go ahead, GB. No, please, go ahead. I was just going to say for. It, it, at least from my time of slightly paying attention to you all because of Gerard Bonner and Courtney Beard, I have never come up on with you guys present. 
a six week time frame out <laughs> when there isn't anybody on the card. <laughs> when I tell you this blesses me. <laughs> so, so listen. We we can tell you matches happening at WrestleMania. We can tell you Fastlane. Here's my concern, guys. Um, my concern is yes, we certainly celebrated when the G1 Supercard sold out Madison Square Garden in just a few days. But, and this is a big but. This is a uh, this, this this is big. The fact that if you go to Ticketmaster, the bulk of the arena is available for resale. Oh, oh. this is serious, guys. Like, is I'm, Ja Rule promoting this? You know, it, it, it feels like it because <laughs> I'm look I'm looking at it and right right now. Now here's the deal. You know, we know that, you know, if you buy tickets, certainly you have the option to resell, but you have to choose to resell. They don't automatically go up for resale, and it's resell through Ticketmaster. So this isn't even counting StubHub or any of the other folks that are out here. On, if I, when I, I got something that popped up today that prompted me to go to Madison Square Garden's website. Um, for their calendar on the Supercard of Honor. Now, a couple of things are interesting. Number one, the video that they have up here actually has a graphic of Cody Rhodes. That's one thing. The other thing that's interesting is the only thing that is confirmed for the show based on this website from New Japan are Kazuchika Okada, Hiroshi Tanahashi, and Tetsuya Naito. And then all of the top Ring of Honor stars. So, couple that with, there is a rumor floating around about a potential challenge match between the NWA World Heavyweight Champion Nick Aldis and the Ring of Honor World Heavyweight Champion, um, uh, 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 oh, why, oh, oh, yeah, the Ring of Honor World Champion. Um, here's the problem. The problem is... A match between the Ring of Honor World Champion and the NWA World Champion does not bring the boys to the yard in 2019 at Madison Square Garden. Do you think it has to be a three-way dance, though? Between who? If, if, I don't even know. If, if it, they put them in a three. Between who? The, the, the IWGP champion? Yeah. Jay White? Yeah. No. I, I, I think Here's the problem. The problem to me, and let me tell you why I'm calling this potentially the fire festival of pro wrestling. Because earlier this year, New Japan held three or four cards here in the States. One was in L.A., one was in Charlotte. And both of them sold out so well that they added a third show in Nashville, right? Super exciting, sounds fantastic. Here's the problem. The problem is they were still doing shows in New Japan on those same days. So then, who's going to be in Japan and who's going to be in the States? And I apologize. The Ring of Honor World Champion is Jay Lethal. His name escaped me. I'm sorry, Jay Lethal. Um, here's the problem with this. The problem with this is... The G1 Supercard, particularly New Japan during those cards here in the States, 
leaned heavily on anybody in the American dojo and Ring of Honor stars. So basically, the guys who we'd been watching New Japan for, there was no Jay White, there was no Tanahashi, there was no Tetsuya Naito, there was no Kazuchika Okada. So they've done three cards that have disappointed fans here in the States because they have not brought over the Japanese superstars, and they basically were glorified Ring of Honor cards. Now when you tell me that the G1 Supercard uh, is guaranteed to have only three stars from New Japan and the rest from Ring of Honor, and none of that includes the guys who most of them bought tickets for, which would be Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, and Cody Rhodes. Houston, we have a problem. So maybe, Can they get their money back? Maybe. Well, why, again, I again I say... 75% of that building right now is available for resale. Well, and if you guys people- don't believe me, go to Ticketmaster, put in G1 Supercard, tell me what you see. It's pretty telling. Sounds like they're going to need, I'm telling you, I think a three-way dance between Jay White, Jay Lethal, and Nick Aldis would actually bring, produce some something well, as here's, the headliner. To me, here's the problem with that. The problem with that is then what do you do with the rest of the card? Now that, I don't, I don't know. Because that, to I mean, me, I think you need Jay White and Kazuchika Okada, and that is a match that really... That's could, a headlining match. That's a headlining match for Madison Square Garden. That triple threat won't do anything because it's not... I mean, none of the titles will be on the line. Like, it's just... Yeah, this, Maybe, this, mm, this is a problem. Maybe the perfect 10 will be free by then, and he can go over there and wrestle. Well, we're going to talk about the perfect 10 and some more, so certainly stay tuned as we continue today's show. When we come back, we're talking about the perfect 10. Uh, We're also going to talk about Raw and SmackDown because there is a lot to talk about, and there's a new movie coming out this Friday. We're going to have our preview of Fighting With My Family as well, but right now, let's go to some more music representing NXT who could very well be the saviors of Ron SmackDown. It's the Undisputed Era's theme song from CFO. You've got it locked to the faction powered by Bonnerfied Radio. This is a total package Lex Luger, and you are turned into the faction. Shock the system.
And now an announcement. Ladies and gentlemen. Look, everyone. Belle and Ebenezer are in love. No, silly. Is in the building. You can now listen to Bonafide Radio, courtesy of our new mobile app. Available for the iPod, iPad, and iPhone. Come on, you can do Find it. out the latest news, check out our podcast, or listen to us live. Listen. Right now on your phone. Oh, yeah. Download the app today via the iTunes App Store by searching for Bonafide Radio or at iPhone.bonafideradio.com. I'm living in that 21st century. We got something to say. Listen. Would you like to take your business or service to the next level? Yeah. Consider adding Bonafide Radio to your marketing plan. I can't wait. We will gladly share your product with our listeners in a creative, efficient, affordable, and professional manner. This is so gnarly. For more information, scroll to the bottom of our website and click advertise. Uh-huh. Or email us directly at sales at getbonafide.com. I know you're going to dig this. This is Tracy Lynn, and I want you to take a journey with me through the jazzy side of Bonafide Radio. Every Tuesday at 2 p.m., tune in to Melodic Grooves right here on GetBonafide.com or via the Bonafide Radio app. Bonafide Radio, radio the way it's supposed to be. We are the faction. Yo, it's not a faction without the facts, son. Welcome back to the Faction Powered by Bonafide Radio. You were just listening to the Undisputed, the Undisputed Era's theme song. GB, talk to us. All right. So before we get into the Raw recap, uh, you know, it's funny. It's been a long, long time since we've been able to talk about wrestlers being free agents and, you know, folks being interested in giving their releases and the like. But uh, this morning we got news of the... Uh, request for a release from Ty Dillinger. Now, Ty Dillinger, uh, once known as the Perfect Ten, spent some great time in NXT doing some really amazing things and certainly came to WWE in a significant way, but nothing really happened from that. And so he took to social media last night and said the following, quote, before rumors begin to spread, let me set things straight ahead of time. This evening, I requested my release from WWE. In the past five and a half years with them, I have seen and done some wonderful things, things that I am very proud of and will never forget. I have met and have worked with unquestionably some of the greatest talent on earth, and the pleasure has been all mine. I feel at this time, this decision, as extremely difficult as it was, is what's best for myself and WWE. I wish to grow, uh, continue to grow as a performer and offer those paying hard-earned money to watch a show I'm performing on a little more of myself. To the male and female locker rooms, coaches and producers, to the production and ring crew, all the way up to the very top of WWE and most of all the fans, I wish you all the very best and thank you from the bottom of my heart for everything. Ty Dillinger submits his release to WWE. Here's the question. Do you think it'll be granted, number one? And secondly, if it is, where does he end up? No, he's not going to be granted a release. They're going to hold him and just pay him. The the block is hot right now. Why would Vince give up any talent to anybody else? If you're unhappy, go home and eat bonbons and you're going to get paid, but you ain't getting free because your freedom is more valuable than what they're paying you. This is true. This is very true. Clack? 
I mean, there, there's no way to say that any better. If I'm Vince McMahon, you stay with me, whether you like it or not. You know, it's funny. The, the proof to me in the pudding is Neville, now known as Pac. You yep. know, before, before there was this uh, impending threat of AEW, uh, I think New Japan at the time was kind of where people were looking. And, uh, you know, Pac ended up sitting home for a year. And uh, Vince found more value in paying him and letting him get out of his contract uh, by fulfilling it in that way than releasing him early. Uh, I think this is a real challenging spot for guys in WWE who are unhappy um, because you're pretty much going to be forced to sit out your contract. I don't see, you know, if Vince finds any value in you, um, he's definitely going to, to do his best to make sure that you stick to that contract because here's the thing. The thing that we all know is Cody Rhodes was a mid-carter, a a, a bare mid-carter in WWE. He was granted his release, and it may have been the biggest mistake of Vince McMahon's life. Yep. Vince McMahon did not expect Cody Rhodes to hit the indie circuit and to now three years later launch his own promotion with $100 million to start. Vince didn't see that coming. So Vince, I'm sure, is sitting back going to avoid that from happening. I'd rather pay you because in the end, it'll probably cost me less than to have you go and become a superstar somewhere else. And I'm stuck. So it's business, folks. So we may see Ty Dillinger, perhaps. I don't know when his contract ends. But um, yeah, who knows? This ought to be very interesting. So with that said, the road to WrestleMania is definitely in full swing. The Elimination Chamber was Sunday, and that means Raw and SmackDown should get pretty exciting on the road to WrestleMania. We're going to find out how exciting Smack, or excuse me, Raw got, courtesy of the Raw recap. Courtney, take it away. WWE Raw was live from the lousy and lazy and lame Lafayette, Louisiana. As the crowd totally sucked the wind out of the place from start to finish. But yet, Triple H said the NXT boys are here tonight as Aleister Black, Johnny Gargano, Ricochet, and Tommaso Ciampa will be in the building. To kick things off, there was a table match between Braun Strowman when he defeated Baron Corbin. And then he put his hands around Paul Heyman. Finn Balor and Ricochet defeated Bobby Lashley and Leo Rush. There was a Lucha House Party when they defeated Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins. Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa. That's right. Johnny Wrestling and the champion defeated The Revival. Drew McIntyre defeated Dean Ambrose. Aleister Black defeated Elias. And Ronda Rousey defeated Ruby Riot to bring the night to a close. And lousy and lazy. And lame Lafayette, Louisiana. May it never go there again, guys. What did you think about Monday Night Raw? Clack. Uh, I think that uh, it was good. And uh, I think that uh, the show was great. Uh, What? He came on last time with all that sexy whispering on his show. This show ain't about. He came up. Uh, yeah, I think that the show. Uh, because. Uh, yeah. Okay. I'm hiding. Oh, is he hiding from Crystal in the house? What is he doing? Uh, Jesus. Who, who knows? He's talking so soft. 
And then you just called on him and he's gone. He disappeared. God bless him. Well, I, I, the the world is better. When I tell you I hate you, I hate you so much. <laughs> I mean, I I'm waiting for you to turn it. I'm waiting for you to turn into the movie screen. Hello there, Sydney. <laughs> go ahead. Say, say, go ahead. Whisper your little piece. Go ahead. What? Come on. Come on. I, I don't know. I don't, watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Oh, I don't know. Watch Why do you sound like Gollum right now? <laughs> That's what he sounds like. <laughs> Quack, say something. I actually thought that Monday Night Raw was really, really good. Uh, I thought Ricochet put on the show of a lifetime. He fits Monday Night Raw, guys, not SmackDown. We'll talk about that later, but he fits Monday Night Raw. He needs the bright lights. We're also on a comeback. Uh, that was so intimate, I don't even know what to do. <laughs> is this the Valentine's Day edition? <laughs> this is the Valentine's Day edition of the faction. Oh my gosh! Oh my god! Let, let me let me say this. First of all, there are a number of points I need to pull out from Monday. Start Night with Rock. the crowd. They suck. Well, I, you know, you used a number of uh, adjectives <laughs> and superlatives to describe them. I think if we were to sum it up in one word, I'd call them lackluster. Um, you know, lackluster Lafayette. Let me just let me just add a little context here. Uh, it was nearly five years ago when WrestleMania made its debut in New Orleans for WrestleMania 30 at the Superdome. After three good nights of pro wrestling, they would have Monday Night Raw in the Smoothie King Center in New Orleans Ooh. for a raucous crowd. The <laughs> night that Paige would make her debut and become the women's champion, which is ultimately the final scene in Fighting With My Family. I'll tell you about that in a second. Uh, the same night that we saw the last public appearance of the Ultimate Warrior before he would meet his demise the next day. It was an iconic night with an iconic crowd. And before they held four nights of WWE in the same city, they then took SmackDown to where? Lafayette, Louisiana. And that SmackDown felt a whole lot different than yep. Monday Night Raw. Why on earth, on the heels of a raucous, rocking pay-per-view, would you go to a not B market, but a C market like Lafayette, Louisiana? If we have listeners in Lafayette, Louisiana, listen, no offense, Next time I need you to take your talents to New Orleans, to Houston, anywhere but Lafayette, Louisiana. They gave Lafayette, Louisiana at least the start of a great show. And Lafayette, Louisiana just, I mean, sat and squashed it. It was just, oh, it was horrible. It was terrible. Lauren Daigle is from Lafayette. Lauren, you owe us an answer. Well, I, I trust that Lauren no longer lives in Lafayette. I think but Lauren, Lauren owes us an answer. No, she uh, got who, out. She got that, out. She got out. She got the, out. The, the UFC fighter, Daniel Cormier, you owe us an answer. He You're got from out Lafayette. Too. Well, all these people got out. Lafayette, you guys were terrible. I mean to offend. Y'all sucked. I, I'll say this. La WWE should never bring another televised event to Lafayette. I would not even come to Lafayette. 
Matter of fact, I'd make you drive to New Orleans or drive to whatever the next nearest city is, but you would not be in La. Listen, you make too much money to be in Lafayette, Louisiana. I remember when you had hard times, WWE, and you had to go to places like the Liberty High School in Liberty, New York. That's when you take and televise a national program from then. And even the crowd in Liberty, New York, was better than the crowd in Lafayette, Louisiana. You'd have to search long and hard to find a crowd worse than Lafayette, Louisiana. So It was bad. It was bad. And it was noticeable by everyone on social media. It was the talk of the night. The talk of the night wasn't the NXT. The talk of the night was how undeserving this crowd was of greatness. Because let's just admit it. Raw actually gave a great show. Like, you know, think about this. It was a really good show. We got... The reunion of DIY, not on NXT television, but on Monday Night Raw, to versus the revival. The revive. This this was a main event match at NXT Takeover Toronto just a couple of years ago for the tag team championship, and now you have the NXT champion and the NXT North American champion taking on your Raw tag team champions. That's huge. You have a first time ever dream tag match. That involves Finn Balor and Ricochet. That's yeah. like insane. Do you hear me? Yeah. I mean, Alistair, they brought. They didn't bring in heavy machinery. They brought in the four, four of the top NXT superstars to throw a jolt in Monday Night Raw. And listen, the crowd just was horrible. So, if I can remove the crowd from Monday Night Raw... I'd say a great debut for all the NXT guys. Great um, overall Raw. Well, yes. Great, great, great overall. I mean, the only part, uh, man, I there hate to say it. I, I can't take Renee Young. Well, no, 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 no. Renee Young's not your problem. No, the, what Renee, is it? No, 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 no. Here's your problem. Number one, we need to never, and The Rock means <laughs> never, hand a microphone to Bailey and Sasha. Now, you, let's talk about that, because Clack is the first one who said, uh, in the words of Clack, uh, I don't think we should ever uh, <laughs> give another microphone to Bailey and Sasha. <laughs> I totally agree. I, I told you guys on the podcast, if you're listening, you guys have to tune into our podcast. Go back and listen to our podcast, which you can download on iTunes and the Google Play Store, because we had a whole conversation about the fact that I don't believe Bailey, uh, I mean Sasha cares anymore. Listen to me. Th- there was there was so much dead air and dead energy. Listen, if you're the first, the first uh, tag champs of the modern era, you know, I mean, like you, you're the first of anything. You need to be on cloud nine. And it looked like she didn't know what to say. Then Those- it was so it was so bad. My wife unprompted, unscripted said, can somebody get them off the television? They are boring. Let me tell you this. Those titles meant more to me the day before than they did on Monday. Agreed. Agreed. And and and, and like Naya, I got stuck in time watching it. <laughs> I got stuck. You know, th- that was that was a bad moment for Naya okay. to, to attempt to slip in the ring and 
you know so, what it was? You know what it was? There there was what? not a there was not enough uh slippery oil on the 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 hardest part of the ring, you know, cuz that's the part that helps I, the slide go better. I, I I said this to myself. I you, you know me. I don't mind shying away from a Naya moment or a joke. I honestly, unlike Clack, I think it was the material. I think That's the material, yeah. she didn't have the material a, yeah. was not slideable material Agreed. to do what she was trying to do. Agreed. But baby girl went and tried to slide in that ring and found herself flailing. And Bailey tried to put her in the worst crippler crossface I'd ever seen oh, because. But I'll I, I quote Cody Rhodes. <laughs> Cody said, I, I guess Bailey tried to create heat on her, but it didn't work. And Nia looked at that ring and said, you tried to blank on me. <laughs> Where's that referee? He tried to blank on me. <laughs> it was bad. Nia said that, that ring tried to blank on her. Man, it was, it was bad. The other thing that makes a great night unfortunate is this. We don't need Ronda Rousey by herself ending a night on Monday Night Raw. Um, uh, Ronda can, Rousey, can Ronda find a gym? For, um, I have a lot of thoughts. Let's start with this, okay? Let's start with the fact that I still believe that Ronda Rousey as the Raw Women's Champion is not a good move because... The young lady is, is now just barely getting to one full calendar year of in-ring competition. And so, just because you've had one or two good matches. So, yeah, you know what? You had guys like Triple H and Kurt Angle around you to support you. You had Natalia to get you straight. But when you get into a ring with talent, um, I'm not even saying that's on that level. But talent that has different styles, like a Ruby Riot, you're bound to make some mistakes if you don't know how to adapt. And yeah. she did some very dangerous things, some things that really scared me. And I'm just like, mm, yeah. And not to mention, but this was the first Raw and SmackDown that we've had in quite some time without a Becky Lynch. Yep. And you felt it. You felt it. You felt you, it. You definitely felt that uh, something's different here. Mm-hmm. 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 And help me. I don't remember. I don't think Charlotte was there Monday night, right? There was no Charlotte. There was no yeah. Becky. Yeah. Yeah. So and so yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm looking at the And Where the heck is JoJo and Bray Wyatt? Yeah. So let's have that conversation because JoJo has been noticeably missing now, uh, clearly for at least a couple of months. Uh, Mike Rome has been handling her duties, and uh, it is noticeable. I mean, I, I enjoy Mike Rome. I enjoyed his time at NXT. Um, but JoJo is MIA, and uh, there's no telling what's going on right now with JoJo. Well, and JoJo was MIA. Uh-oh. JoJo had an appearance yesterday on Facebook. Really? Yes. And JoJo said that people are calling her and Carmella a homewrecker. And she's disregarding the haters because she's living her best life. Oh. Well, does her best so, life involve still being in WWE? Uh, she did not say. She didn't comment on it. All I saw was a lot of support that people were throwing her up under that. And I thought that, that was pretty uh, cool. 
But I believe it sounds like they may have removed her so that way they don't have to deal with the sting of what is probably their reality right now. So, okay, I wasn't initially going to go here, but we're here now. So many are familiar with uh, Bray Wyatt, JoJo. If you're not, basically uh, the word on the street is that Bray Wyatt um, and his wife are divorced or divorcing. Um, depending upon who you ask And Bray Wyatt um, As part of that uh, Established a new relationship With Jojo And um, Bray's wife Is the one who made it public She took to social media And had something to say Ironically something very similar Over the weekend As the wife uh, of Corey Graves Took to Instagram To express her uh, Disdain and disappointment Claiming that her husband uh, has cheated on her with Carmella. Um, she has then since taken the post down. And more news has come out uh, that, uh, in fact, what she said was inaccurate. The fact is that he did not cheat with Carmella, but rather that they have been separated for quite some time and have been in the process of divorce. And, uh,. I guess now is the point where he is connecting with Carmella. Um, here's my question. My question was well, a two-part question. Part number one is, should these wives take to social media to express their disdain? And then question two, what, if any, should be the response from WWE? Now, WWE did not remove um, uh, uh Tony, or excuse me, Corey Graves. They did not remove Corey Graves. Corey Graves, of course, he called Elimination Chamber, did his duties on Raw and SmackDown. Um, they did say that the normal, um, the normal intros that those guys get in the arena, they did not do for fear of potential response. And they did say that the first elimination from the Elimination Chamber of Carmella and Naomi had everything to do with the recent problems Naomi and her husband had and with this situation with Carmella. So my two-part question is, number one, should the wives go public? And number two, how should WWE respond to these kinds of issues? I think Vince McMahon has to have a conversation in the locker room and saying, hey, guys, I normally don't get involved in your personal lives, but I can tell you that this is not what's best for business. We all have heard Vince McMahon has stood up to people about their personal lives it, from the standpoint of, I want what's best for you as a person first. Mm -hmm. That conversation probably has to happen. I watched the interview yesterday with Batista. Batista said the wrestling killed my marriage. Uh, I know that that's not a good look in 2019 as people are starting to take notice to moments like that. Now, as far as for the wives going public, my thought, because I've, I've you know, I, I can't imagine what the wives are walking through, is that they feel after all of their sacrifice, that is the only option they have of leverage. That's the currency that they have. Uh, we don't know the conversations that have happened behind the scenes. We don't under we don't know uh, what's happened. So I, I, I think I'm probably the wrong person to ask if I think that there is a need for that. My ultimate desire is always that things can be handled with discretion and uh, w within those that, that it actually impacts. 
But I guess, and I would gather that the wise feel like that for as large of a platform as the other party has, this is the only platform they have. You know, it's interesting. The wrestling business historically has not been good to or for marriages. Um, we can run down the list, the laundry list of top guys, dare we say, who have had uh, multiple wives, uh, certainly Ric Flair being among the top. Um, but, you know, everyone from Flair to, you know, we've seen what happened with Tully and, and uh, Magnum TA. And, um, you know, we know what happened with Kevin Sullivan and Chris Benoit and Kurt Angle and Jeff Jarrett. And, um, you know, the list really does go on and on. Stone Cold and The Rock. And um, there are a lot of people who find the wrestling business being very difficult on their marriage. Um, I think... You know, first of all, it's very hard to say what the wife should do. Uh, certainly, wives from previous generations did not have the advent of social media, so many of us would never have known what was going on with these wrestlers. Um, I will say this: I think, on one hand, you know, we do not necessarily look at pro wrestlers as moral authorities. Um, yeah. But the flip side to that is. The wrestling fan has become a lot more intelligent these days. And so, you know, regardless of the genre, uh, nobody wants to hear of somebody cheating on their spouse. And so it has potential in some of these scenarios to damage their livelihood. I mean, I've not seen any fans choose to boycott wrestlers because of their uh, extracurricular activity. But I think for a Vince... And WWE, who attempts to be family friendly, uh, I don't know that he can ignore that kind of thing. Though I, I'm certain he does not want to be the morality police, and he's probably the last person who would uh, either want to do that or feel qualified to do it. I think if we're talking AEW, if we're talking Ring of Honor, uh, any of the other promotions that are okay with being edgy, I don't think any of this is an issue or a concern i think it's kind of viewed much like you know life of an entertainer life in hollywood hey these things happen but i think in a company that's family friendly it's probably something they have to pay a little more attention to yeah in a traded company i'm certain that more attention is given to it i'm certain that vince uh i I, I can almost promise you that there's conversations happening about it behind the scenes I don't think we'll ever see somebody suspended for it, but I do think that perhaps, well, perhaps not suspended, but maybe having to to do the job. You know, I mean, or we better saw, yet, not even be on TV. Oh yeah, and, and and possibly we don't know. Where it's all speculation. Quite possibly, that's what's happening with Bray Wyatt. It's very possible because there's really not a reason for him not to be on television, and they need him. And they do. They need him desperately. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're talking about SmackDown. What a night it was indeed. And uh, Kofi Mania is running wild. We'll talk about that and more. But right now, let's go to some more music representing NXT. He had an amazing appearance on both Raw and SmackDown. It's Aleister Black. Here's his theme song from CFO. It's called Root of All Evil. It's the faction powered by Bonnerfide Radio. I got a lot left in the tank. What's up, guys? This is Mark here, the world's strongest man, and you're tuned in to the faction.
This recap of The Remix is sponsored by Domingo Mijo. Born Stanley Martin Lieber in New York City in 1922, Lee entered the comic book world as a teenage assistant in 1939. Stanley Lieber was the Joe Jackson of comic books. Mm. I don't even know how to feel about that. Yeah, I, just, I, I almost think he was greater than a Joe Jackson. I know, ain't nobody greater than Joe Jackson now. Wait a minute. That's when you messed up. No, 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 James. The remix on Bonafide Radio. We hear Thursdays, 2 p.m. Eastern. Here on Bonafide Radio. Radio the way it's supposed to be. Exclusively on the remix. Don't miss it. Don't miss it at all. We are the faction. Yo, it's not a faction without the facts, son. Welcome back to the faction. This is Courtney, and that song was actually about Lafayette, Louisiana's crowd from the other day. Root of all evil, Alistair Black. GB, take us to SmackDown. Oh, man. Well, last night's episode of SmackDown emanated from where Raw should have emanated from. Yeah, yeah. The Smoothie King Center. In New Orleans, Louisiana. Who that? Who that? Yeah. They didn't say that when the NXT guys came out, like Lafayette did, but that's another story. So it began (laughs) with Shane McMahon and The Miz having a conversation and really trying to, you know, help each other uh, go through the pain of a tag title loss. And they hoped that they could get a tag title rematch. And they worked their way to procure just that. A tag rematch against the Usos at WWE Fastlane. The NXT invasion continued as we got another great rematch. This time a rematch from NXT TakeOver New Orleans from last year as Aleister Black defeated Andrade without the Cien Almas. Then the reunion of DIY gave us a dream match against the five-time tag team champions The Bar as DIY, Tommaso Ciampa, and Johnny Gargano defeated The Bar. We asked, where's Asuka? Where's Asuka? Asuka shows up. She gets asked the question we've all been asking. And she says, I don't really care about Charlotte. I don't really care about Becky or... No, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. (laughs) What she did say, though, is she was interested in a new challenge. The new challenge ended up being Mandy Rose... And all of a sudden, we saw Asuka of July, not Asuka of February. As Mandy (laughs) Rose defeated Asuka, said nobody ever on planet Earth. Yeah. Ricochet. He makes his SmackDown debut, and he defeats Eric Young, who we haven't seen in a long time. By the way, I think it's interesting that um, most of these NXT Uh, Debuts came against NXT alums. Interesting. Uh, And then in the main event, six-man tag saw Kofi Kingston, AJ Styles, and Jeff Hardy defeat the new Daniel Bryan, Randy Orton, and Samoa Joe when Kofi Kingston, for the second time in a week, 
pinned the WWE champion Daniel Bryan. Then, taking off from his role as a former tag champion and an in-ring competitor, Shane Boom. McMahon returns seemingly as commissioner or HMIC, the head McMahon in charge. Hey. Um, and he comes to tell us the fast lane opponent for Daniel Bryan. And he unveils to us that indeed Kofi Mania could be running wild as Kofi Kingston gets his first WWE championship opportunity in a one-on-one match in many, many years when he takes on Daniel Bryan at Fastlane. Gentlemen, your thoughts on SmackDown. Let's start with Asuka for me. I will say this, and many people may not agree, Mandy Rose has gotten better in the ring. Yes, she has. I would she's absolutely actually, agree with that. She's actually gotten better in the ring, and I wanted to be one of the first ones to acknowledge it. And said, It seemed like she was actually uh, keeping the pace of the match. She was. In other words, uh, last year, she wouldn't have been able to hang with Oscar. Nope. But something has happened with her that actually feels right. Now, let's talk about these NXT deb- deb- debuts. They, it's not even that they were better. It was better received. The atmosphere was better for a debut. Yes. Alistair Black versus Andrade fight for freaking ever. True. Now, DIY, there's one DIY match that I want to see. Okay. And that is DIY versus the Usos. Yes. Oh, my Lord. The way they would tear the house down. Wait a minute. Do you think it could happen at Mania? Oh my God, dear, dear Lord, mm-hmm. dear Lord! I mean, I I would lose it, GB. Mm-hmm. I would lose it. Mm-hmm. I would lose. And then you got Ricochet and Eric Young yeah. going at it. Yeah. I mean, what a match that was! And then Kofi Kingston, who I believe by WrestleMania will be a singles competitor. I do see him in the New Day breaking up. I believe it'll be the type of a breakup that we see from the likes of The Shield, where they will get back together when needed, but he'll go individual. I think we'll see that. And uh, who knows, man? At Fastlane, we can see Kofi do what he should have did 11 years ago. You know, I, I want to say this. Uh, first and foremost, there were a number of there was a a quote unquote dirt sheet report that the Bleacher Report put out yesterday uh, that Dave Meltzer had said that WWE had no plans on Kofi Kingston pursuing the WWE championship. So a lot of people yeah. got into an uproar, and I made it a point to tell them, and I'm telling you on the air the way I told them, uh, different people came to me and they were upset, and I said, well, let's remember, WWE also had no plans in 2014 to put Daniel Bryan in the main event of WrestleMania, and the people swiftly changed that. Um, And we know what happened in 2015 when they decided to buck what the people wanted and tried to give us Roman Reigns. And they tried for three and a half years. And unfortunately, the only thing that got Roman over was an unfortunate cancer diagnosis that took him out of the business. So you cannot in an era where you say we're going to listen to the people completely ignore the people. Let me also throw this out there, and I know one James White will disagree with me when I said, you know, what happens a lot of times is we often look at the pay-per-view before WrestleMania as pointless, meaningless, 
doesn't accomplish anything. But if we look, it was the pay-per-view before Mania that brought Eddie Guerrero his first WWE championship. And people will say, well, that's because Brock Lesnar was leaving the month later. Whether it was or it wasn't, Eddie Guerrero became the WWE champion and marched into Mania and successfully defended against Kurt Angle. Um, I'll say this. You want to talk about momentum? I think it would certainly be a moment for Kofi to win the title at Mania, and I still think we could have that happen. Um, and that's if Fastlane doesn't go the way many want. Many want the championship to change hands at Fastlane. My concern is do we want Kofi going into Mania as WWE champion or coming out of Mania as WWE Ooh. champion? And here's my thought. And WWE, I know you're listening. I don't care what anybody says. WrestleMania 35 has become the most important WrestleMania of the modern era. And I think it ranks up there in levels of importance with WrestleMania 1 and WrestleMania 3. And here's why. Without WrestleMania 1, we'd have no other WrestleManias. Without WrestleMania 3, there would not be the real launching pad for WrestleMania as we know it today. It has been 20 years since Vince McMahon has had any real competition surrounding WrestleMania. And the last WrestleMania that had competition, let's consider this, was WrestleMania 16, which became WrestleMania 2000, because by WrestleMania 17, WCW was bought and purchased. WWE is going to have to make this WrestleMania absolutely memorable because they are literally one month away from double or nothing. And when virtually the lion's share of your Hall of Fame is showing up at StarCast, when you have Jerry Lawler and Jim Ross, the voices of the Attitude Era there, when you have The Undertaker making his first non-WWE appearance at Double or Nothing at StarCast Weekend, and this is arguably the first WrestleMania we'll have without The Undertaker in 25 years. Listen, they've got all kinds of pressure on them to create moments that say we are still very relevant. And so to me, before everybody gets excited about Kofi winning the championship at Fastlane, I could see Cody, excuse me, I could see Cody. I could see Kofi winning by DQ. I can see there being interference. I can see something not clean happening to make the title match at Mania happen. It's got to happen. And we got to have that moment. Listen, if we have that moment, I would lose my mind, GB. Mm -hmm. I would lose it at an all-time high. Yeah. I would lose it at a deep place. Yeah. I would lose it. And I, 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 I don't know. I yeah. don't know. It would... Kofi, oh, get out of here. The New Day parading him around the ring. Yes. Him holding the hip belt. Mm -hmm. And do you know what that New Day belt would look like? Oh, my God. Oh, help us, Holy oh Ghost. Oh, my God. Can you imagine the turquoise belt mm -hmm. with the W? My God, have mercy, help it, me. It'd be the best looking belt we've seen in a long time. It um, would be better than the hip belt. I think WWE has pressure on them to make this show 
absolutely. And here's the challenge. You've got New Japan coming in that weekend. You've got Impact Wrestling. The entire wrestling world is going to be there. They have to, oh. in my mind, make still WrestleMania not just a standout event in attendance, not just a standout event in production, but the standout event in content. And dare and I say they're competing with their own NXT TakeOver. You know who they're, you know who they're trying to get the attention of? Fox. Yes. Fox. There's, there's billion dollars on the line. There's a lot of irons in this fire, and they can't afford to shoot a blank. They cannot afford to. And Kofi Kingston is what's best for the history, the legacy of this business right now. Give him what he's due. Let's consider something very interesting. Uh, the alternate rival promotion currently is promoting... Uh, a its first women's match involving the first transgender wrestler on a major major company. Same set event is gonna promote uh, not so much the first. I don't really want. I can't call him the first openly uh, gay, but I certainly can call him the most demonstrative uh, LGBTQ wrestler we've seen in a major promotion who when we say uh i mean if you follow his social media he's very public about his relationship with a fellow wrestler um they're very demonstrative with that uh i i think vince mcmahon in a culture that believes or if that's supposed to promote inclusion that's supposed to promote diversity has to have a wwe champion of african-american descent Leading into double or nothing. It it to me, it's a slap in the face that Ring of Honor has Jay Lethal. It's a slap in the face that all this diversity is everywhere else, but not at the head of WWE. They gotta do it. Yeah, they have to. And I, you know, I, I, I'm I've been looking for it. I want to know what Kofi's contract is. Is it almost over? Is it almost up? What's happening? I know this. No matter what it is, Kofi is best for business. He absolutely Put the belt is. on him. Put the belt on him and give the WWE a moment. When we think about WrestleMania moments, man, we think about, you know, Stone Cold winning the title at WrestleMania 14. You know, we think about, obviously, Austin turning on uh, The Rock and joining McMahon at 17. We think about, my Lord, The Rock and Hogan at WrestleMania 18. People want to forget, but you can't forget that incredible final picture of WrestleMania 20 with Chris Benoit and Eddie Guerrero holding the WWE and World Championships in the middle of the ring. I mean, there are so many iconic moments. WrestleMania 33, the return of the Hardys, and of course, what seemingly was the end of The Undertaker's career. WrestleMania 35 can do something historic. It will end more than likely with either Becky or Charlotte winning the, the women's championship. It'll probably be Becky, which will be an iconic moment. And you have Austin come out and salute her. But before oh, that, man. you have the, the WWE championship won by Kofi Kingston with a parade the likes of which you've never seen. And then the following night on Monday night, or better yet, no, not the following night. No, no, no. No, in support of Kofi. This, if you're going to do it, let's do it. Do it. 
in support of Kofi Kingston, walking to the ring with him, are African-American Hall of Famers. You have Ron Simmons who returns as you have Mark Henry. You have those two, and you've got others that can join them, but you need the most significant champions. You have the the rock return. You have all these people return for this historic moment. And then, boy, oh, I'm telling you, it would be because here's the thing if wwe doesn't do this wwe ends up looking like the republican party whoa they end up looking like a group of people who are out of touch with what's happening in the world and here's the thing right this is not making kofi kingston a a a, a world champion because he's black no Kofi has earned it. Kofi has the resume. Kofi has the goods. Kofi is the man. And he's got the fan support because he's Kofi Kingston. The timing is right. Listen to me, WWE. You have the full power to do it. And here's the thing. You have all the wrestlers come out and support this. But then you have, you know, your Velveteen Dream, your Usos, your Ricochet. You know, you have all these guys come out and support this moment. I think you have the opportunity to do something of incredible significance. We should also note that there was no Black History moment on WWE this week. Sure wasn't. That's sure wasn't. That's very, very interesting. I don't know if they ran out of footage or they just ran out of time, but they certainly didn't run out of month because we still got another week <laughs> left. So They didn't run out of month. They didn't run out of month. There's still February going on. Oh, my God. Oh, golly. Every time you think we have what we think we need, then here we go. Crazy. So <laughs> that should be a t-shirt. Just when you think we have everything you need, then here we go. Then here we go. All right. So uh there's a big movie coming out with WWE this Friday. It's uh executive produced by Dwayne The Rock Johnson. It's called Fighting with My Family. It is looking at the story of Paige and her family uh and her rise to uh prominence in WWE. Now I did have a chance to attend a screening. I'll tell you guys about it in a second. But I want to get your thoughts, man. How do you think this movie's going to do at the box office? And do you intend to, to check it out? I intend to check it out. Shout out Dwayne The Rock Johnson, who is still committed to doing his part for the wrestling community. The community that's giving him the platform that he had. He didn't have to do the story on Paige. No, he didn't. As a matter of fact, he could have dropped Paige. He true. had every reason to drop her. When she was uh, with with Alberto Del Rio, Mm -hmm. when said video came out, he had multiple reasons to drop her. But shout out to him to stick with somebody in the middle of their name being mud. Yeah. And telling their story in a way that's not muddy. Right. But telling it from a beautiful vantage point. Rock, shout out, Paige, this is your moment. Don't blow it. And every wrestling fan needs to go out and support this movie. I totally agree. Uh, I did check out a screening of the movie a couple of weeks ago. Uh, It was well done. It was very well done. 
Um, I will save my recap and review of it until next week, until you guys have had a chance to see it. I certainly don't want to spoil anything, um, but I will say that there was, uh, I think, solid attention to detail. I do think we got to hear parts of the story uh, with Paige that we were not uh, privy to before. Um, wow. Part of the other thing that's interesting is that you have to remember with stories like this that, are, as they say, they are based on a true story. Uh, and based on a true story means that they're not necessarily married to all of the details as things happen. And I say that to say because there is a particular scene that I know about that I know was portrayed in a different way in which it happened. Um and most of you who are wrestling fans will probably be able to pick that scene. Um, but I'll just say it is the scene where she wins the women's championship. Um, there are elements that are perfectly true, and then there are other elements that have been embellished. <laughs> Let's just say that'll, that. That, 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 that have been stretched for entertainment connoisseur exactly. ability. Exactly. Let me just say this, though. Shout out to Zelina Vega, who played A.J. Lee in the movie uh who did a stellar job i mean nailed all the lines nailed all the behaviors uh it was really really good uh and again it was a great story a great great story so make sure you go check it out fighting with my family in theaters uh, on friday make sure you check it out and uh, we will certainly have our conversation about that next week on the show so i hope you guys are definitely going to go and check it out and we can have some conversation about that as well uh also make sure you're watching nxt tonight because apparently there is a blockbuster announcement that's going to happen a yeah lot of i saw that are uh you know guessing what that announcement could be uh i have my thoughts but i it's a significant situation that's going to what do you happen. think it is um well i've heard Just, rumors i've heard rumors about potentially a tv deal um, you know, I do feel like this. I think Triple H said something Monday night that we've been saying for a long time, but he, he did. He called it the third traveling brand. Yes. And so it being the third traveling brand and no longer being considered developmental uh, changes some things. Like, for instance, I'm a big language guy, as I know you are as well. And uh -huh. I was actually bothered by uh, this also is what bothered me with their promo um, for Sasha and Bailey when Sasha kept referring to NXT as down there and referring to WWE as up here. I can't stand that subliminal language. Down there says that you are beneath, that you are developmental, that you aren't the main stage, but up here says, no, this is really where everything happens. And the problem is when your alleged down there is better than your proverbial up here, we have a problem. Um, yeah. And so that's why, you know, it's had to be referred to as a third traveling brand because that's what it is. Uh, you know, there are more sellouts at NXT than there are for house shows in uh, Raw or SmackDown. Um, it's a very real situation. So as to what I think, um, I you know... There's a part of me that hopes it's a TV deal, but there's a part of me that's nervous about it being a TV deal. Man, listen to I me. Want I want it exclusive to the network. I love NXT, but Lord have mercy, I hope it's not a TV deal. 
Yeah, I'm really nervous about that because I feel like I that really, will dilute it. I really hope it's not a TV deal. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I love the product as is. Now, if it is a TV deal, it needs to be on a network that supports what NXT currently does. And if that's the case, it would probably have to be a Fox Sports Network. It can't be, it, you know, Fox itself. It makes me all kinds of nervous, man. It does. But we'll certainly find out tonight. So uh, uh, we'll certainly be tweeting and talking about it on Instagram and Twitter. So make sure you're checking us out. With that said, uh, speaking of social media, here's how you can reach out to us by way of social media. Courtney. At C Major Build on Instagram or Twitter. Courtney Build on Facebook. I want to talk to you. Of course, you can reach Clack at Brandon J. Clack on all aforementioned platforms. You can reach me at Bonnerfied. And then you can follow us at The Faction Show on Instagram and on Twitter. And I'm curious, do y'all want to see a Faction Facebook page? Oh. Hmm. We've been toying around with it. I want to hear your thoughts on it. Would you support it? Would you be actively involved? Because I promise you, we're going to be super engaged uh, if we decide to do that, which I think it's coming, but I want to see if you guys would support it. If not, we'll just keep on rocking on Instagram and Twitter. But until next time, it's Courtney, it's Clack, it's GB. We are the faction, the gateway to greatness. 